Forgive us for being a little naughty, but we're swapping the order. Make it chronological. So if we've done the wrong thing, I hope you'll forgive us. The reading, the first reading is from Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 16. It's page 1000 in the Bibles. The Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And now in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and simple hearts, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That was a, a, a glyph there, but actually I think simple is not a bad word because they're honest and sincere. Thank you, Lord. This is the word of God. Well, good morning. Uh, the children, have, have you, you might have noticed the children have gone out. They've, they've gone out to do um, something called C and O, which I actually would have announced at the start. But uh, uh, Debbie, who was leading it today, we just didn't know if we had any children here today. But as it's turned out, we've got quite a few. So uh, it's good that uh, they can all go and join in with that together. Uh, well, let's, let's, uh, let's pray, shall we, before we look at these two passages. Father, we, we read your word and your word reads us. We hear your word, and your word is listening to us. And Lord, we, we want to be uh, living in your word. We want your word to transform us. We want your word to change us. We want your word to, to challenge us, transform us more into the likeness of Jesus, who is revealed by your word, and so that his name is glorified. Amen. Well, we're, we're looking at uh, today, it's a final in this uh, sermon series uh, we've been looking at for the last, the last few weeks called Holy Habits. 
And uh, if you're wondering what Holy Habits is, as I said right at the start of the series, it's not a new, a new fashion series for nuns. It's a, um, it's a series we've been looking at, and uh, it's from a book uh, by a man called Andrew Roberts, who's a Methodist minister. Really good book. If you've not yet read it, do read it. It's, not, you know, it's never too late to read good books. And uh, it's available in all good Christian bookshops. But uh, uh, that's enough of an advert for me. It's, um, but also, do give me feedback. As I said to the 9 o'clock service, if you, you know, if I, I won't know what you think unless you tell me. Uh, it sounds obvious, doesn't it? But I won't know whether you've gained something from this series unless you tell me. And uh, I'm sure you have, and I hope you have. But do give me feedback. You can tell me in person. You can email me. You can give me a ring, whatever. But uh, I hope you have gained something from it, in all, and, and, and many things, in fact. And I know you've been talking about it in your home groups and discussing it as well in those settings, and uh, uh, I hope you found it helpful. And you may by now be able to quote to me verbatim Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, because we've been looking at it so often, haven't we, and so much. Uh, so uh, that's good to have um, uh, Bible verses in our memories. But if you're anything like me, every time you read a passage of Scripture, something new grips you, challenges you, and, and just, you know, uh, leaps out from the page at you. And the phrase that I want us to look at today in tandem with the Matthew passage is the verse in Acts 2, verse 47, where it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. And alongside that, we're going to look at the Matthew reading, uh, which is the sort of a, a tandem reading with this, and it's um, one of the greatest readings all, all passages all scriptures are amazing isn't it but this is one of the most well-known the great commission but the the one i want to pick out particularly is verse 19 where jesus says therefore go and make disciples of all nations so we're going to think about how those two kind of go together and the way i want us to do that is just to is to really hang it on that verse 19 therefore go and make disciples of all nations and particularly to think about those commands that Jesus puts to us, go and make disciples. We'll think about those two life-changing commands to go and make disciples of all nations. But let me make an observation before we go any further. Uh, in the nine o'clock service, we sang the song, I will build my church. You know the one, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Great song. And then here at the end of Matthew, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And so often we kind of spin it around, don't we? Uh, and, and we kind of think, well, we will build his church and, and God is going to make disciples. Actually, no. That's not what Bible, the Bible says. I will build, Jesus will build his church. God will build his church. It's his church. He will build it. And he gives us a specific job of going and making disciples. But we kind of get it the other way around sometimes, don't we? So, keeping that in mind, let's think about this word go, this command go. And this is a, this is a, a very well-known passage. It's probably one you've looked at many times before. And it's, a, you know, John 3.16 is another well-known one for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But it's one of those passages that we really need to keep in our minds and our hearts all the time. And this is Jesus' final instructions before he is taken up into heaven, before he ascends to the Father. 
And, and this, is, this is Jesus giving us that amazing commission, the amazing mandate to go out into the world with his gospel of life and truth and hope and grace and to baptize believers, baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and obeying everything I have taught you, everything I have commanded you. So why do we think, why are we needing to think about this today? What can we learn from this as a church body? This divine mandate to go out and preach and teach the gospel of the good news of Christ. Well, the disciples like you, like me, they were learning. Learning, learning, learning all the time. Learning what it means to be a follower of Christ. And they, unlike us, they've got this amazing advantage of seeing Jesus do these things. They have witnessed with their eyes. Jesus doing those things, they've seen him teach the crowds in person. They've even tried to keep the crowds away from Jesus and say, no, you can't come near him. And Jesus says, he always come, let them come near. And they've also participated in the mission going out, the sending out, going out on mission themselves. And, and also, of course, he, seeing the, the, the sick healed and the blind to see and the, and the dead raised back to life and the wonders of t- water turning into wine and so on. And yet here at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus hands over to them, gives over to them the authority to do these things. And look at it. It says the word that really stands, one of the words that stands out to me is the word all. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations to obey everything or to obey all I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. It's all, isn't it? It's, it's everything. Jesus is now Lord of all. All heaven, all earth has been given to him. All authority. And he gives that authority to us to make disciples of all nations. We are witnesses of that. I wonder if you have ever uh, realized that. I hope you have. That we are all witnesses of Jesus Christ and to Jesus Christ. All of us, you and I, are part of that calling to spread the gospel to the nations, to, to announce the good news to the nations. We are all part of it. And it's that law court idea, isn't it? You know, you go to a law court. I haven't, I've never done it. But, you know, if you've witnessed a crime or witnessed something, You're called by the judge to give account, to give a witness statement of that that you have seen. And so we have, in a sense, we've got this news to share. We've seen it, we've received it, we've heard it, we've we've met Jesus. I hope you have. And we've got that news to share of who Jesus is. Now, of course, you kind of, you know, get, you get levels of this. You get those evangelists, those uh, 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 wonderfully challenging people that, that I've, I've known and I know who are full-time evangelists. You know, the kind of annoying people who kind of always say, have you talked to someone about Jesus today? You know, that kind of person. Um, but we are not all like that, praise the Lord. Uh, we are, but we are all witnesses. We are all witnesses. That's what, the, that's what Jesus is saying. You are witnesses. But how do you know? When to be a witness? How do you know when it's right to share your faith? How do you know what's, when it's the right time? Well, on one level, every time is the right time. 
But there's, you've got to use your common sense and you've got to depend on the spirit of God as well when it's the right time to share. And there are all sorts of ways you can share your faith. But one of the ways I think that Andrew Roberts gets it right in his book is, um, is through blessing. And it's a very powerful form of witnessing. And it's something we can all do. I just want to read to you a, an excerpt from his book about that. So I quote, I would love to see the mission of Christ people increasingly focus on blessing. Blessing works. I don't fully understand how or why, but I believe that it does. Perhaps in part because in blessing we are stepping, we are stepping consciously into the flow of God's ever-creating goodness. Perhaps too because the act of blessing changes us, both blesser and receiver. We begin to perceive ourselves and the world in a different way. And perhaps too because in a world that can seem so ungracious, whenever the gift of Jesus Christ is offered, full of grace and truth, we cannot help but be transformed, blessing by blessing. Blessing is intimately linked to the possibility of abundance. Jesus spoke of his coming to bring abundant life. Whenever the people of Jesus come tenderly offering abundance in their hands and blessing on their lips, the world of deficit, cuts, shortage and austerity may begin to change for good. Whenever the people of Jesus come tenderly offering abundance in their hands and blessing on their lips, the world of competing ideologies, tribes, nations and religions will begin to find more reasons to connect than disconnect. Whenever the people of Jesus come tenderly offering abundance in their hands and blessing on their lips, your street, your school and your work will begin to find their healing. So how, even with limited resources, can you offer blessing and carry abundance? Peter the Apostle says something similar to that with these very wise words. He says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. That's 1 Peter 4, verse 10. In other words, if you, for example, have a gift for hospitality, then bless others with that gift to bring others closer to Christ. If you've got the gift of comforting, Comfort those who are in need and bless others with that gift to bring comfort. If you have the gift of encouragement, then encourage each other, or encourage, encourage others, and so draw people closer to Jesus. St. Paul says this, he says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so this is something everyone, all of us can do. We are all witnesses. And so it's as you share kindness and goodness and love and comfort and encouragement. We don't know what that is doing for the other person, but we leave that to God. Jesus has commissioned us to go and preach the, and teach the good news of the gospel of Christ. But that's, that is everyone, all of us. How we do it, well, in a sense, that's we've got to work that out. But how God does it is up to him. He's the one who brings that change in someone's heart and mind and soul. He calls us to go. He calls us to go, and secondly, he calls us to make disciples. This series, the Holy Habit series, is all about, has been all about, and is all about discipleship. 
And this act, the Acts passage that uh, we've been looking at uh, is the way that Luke records the life of the early church. He, he, he wants to get across to, uh, to the church down the ages. This is how the first disciples tried to live out their faith in these amazing ways of, uh, of loving each other, learning, uh, praying, giving, sharing, all these other amazing things that they do together. And the word disciple means learner. That's, that's what it means. If, you, if you're trying to translate the word uh, from the Greek, and the Greek word is methetes. And so the methetes word is, is where we get the word disciple. So people who try and translate these words have, uh, have, dis, have come up with methetes being disciple. But it also, it also means learner, but it also means apprentice. And you see, when we, when we hear this word disciple, we hopefully hear the word learner. But when we hear the word learner, what we're then thinking is a classroom. You know, learning in a classroom. Schoolroom, if you like. But we, we miss the level of meaning that the word methetes means of apprentice. And an apprentice is one who learns by doing or watching and copying. And so this is what you see Jesus is saying by saying, uh, be my disciples. And so he says, when he says, go and make disciples, what he's primarily talking about is training and not teaching. And so you see in our minds, it's a massive shift to, to try and get from where we, we are, from learning being a classroom-based activity, to actually it's about training. To train in discipleship. Be trained as a disciple. And so I'm teaching you here, I'm teaching you the word of God, and, and yet, effectively, Jesus is saying, don't just be taught it, go and do it. Don't just hear it, do it. Uh, yesterday, I was, I was sharing this at the 9 o'clock yesterday morning. Um, uh, Naomi and I went to watch Miriam dancing. She does a dance class on a Saturday morning. And uh, the truth of that just hit me because I was watching the teacher and the students. And the teacher, you see, she, she taught them by doing. She, she did the dance steps and then the students copied her. So she wasn't just saying, oh, go and do your whatever it was move. She did the move and then they did it. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying. He said, learn by doing. Don't just hear it and, you know, but learn by doing. Live your lives day by day in the habit of being a disciple, a learner, an apprentice who is doing those habits of discipleship. And so let me ask you a question. Have you ever considered yourself a missionary? You might be all right with being a witness, that's fine. That's, that's probably okay. But a missionary, isn't that, you've got to be on the mission board to be a missionary, surely. That's what the brave, the really brave, the really courageous do. They go out and uh, uh, be a missionary. Well, actually, you know, that's not quite true because we're all missionaries. We are all sent ones. That's what Jesus is saying. Go, we are all sent. Somebody said this. A church that does not go to lost persons and share the gospel with them is like a restaurant that has food prepared but refuses to serve the hungry. And so we're called to go. We're called to serve. We're called to share the good news of the gospel of Christ. Peter says, St. Peter says, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have within you. That's 1 Peter 3.15. 
And so we, we go being called, we go having been called, we go having been strengthened, having been equipped to share the hope that is within us. And so now is the time to dream. How might we as a church, how might we as individuals join in with this adventure of discipleship? With this amazing journey, adventure of being a disciple. How is God calling you? How is Jesus calling you and calling me to join in with him? And so let me invite you to make this personal to you. And that phrase, go and make disciples of all nations. And one way of doing that is to put your name before that. So for me, it's Peter, go and make disciples. But for you, well, that's you, that's your name. So let me just give you a little gap and just a pause. And I want you to put your name before that, go and make disciples of all nations. And just put your name there and let just God speak to you. You see, the Lord is talking to you personally. He's talking to me personally. To go and make disciples. And he's talking to us as a body. Together. And I believe the Lord is asking us to dream dreams. To dream dreams about how we might live that out. These holy habits of witnessing and loving and caring and offering hospitality and gladness and joy and all these other wonderful Wonderful, wonderful things. And he's asking us to seek his face for the next season of our life together as a church. Uh, later, later in the service, Debbie's going to announce uh, what we plan to do and how we plan to do that. But it is going to be about prayer. First and foremost, it's going to be about prayer and seeking God's vision for his church. He says, I will build my church and we we seek his face his vision for his church and then jesus who will build he says i will build my church he will send us out to go and make disciples so let me invite you if if you're able to 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 stand if you if you uh, don't want to don't worry but if you'd like to stand let me just pray i want to pray over you and pray for you as we finish this series as we as we dream those dreams for Jesus. Lord Jesus, we stand before you here today as people who are a whole mixture of nerves and courage and boldness and fearfulness and anxiety and excitement and enthusiasm and wonder and awe. Lord, you have made us as beings with feelings, as beings who wonder how we might go for you, how we might be called for you, how we might be those who have been given the name of Christ as Christians, little Christs, as servants of the Lord of Lords, the one who has made heaven and earth and is calling the the earth into that new future. And Father, I pray for us now that you would Give us those dreams, give us those visions, give us those insights into your will as we go forward as a church, that you would give us those pictures, those words that we need to know what is on your heart. And Lord, we open ourselves up to you. Whatever you want to do with us, to the extent that we are willing to say that, we say, Lord, come. 
come and change us. Come and lead us. Come and encourage us. Come and lead us on into all that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.